0: So at this time, we establish our mindfulness on the in and out breathing and establish our mindfulness right at this point. And we see that the mind uh, proliferates based on sense impressions, based on the past and the future the mind thinks about sense impressions of the past sense impressions of the future we practice to establish mindfulness in the present if one does not practice mental cultivation then the mind will uh, proliferate and chase after sense impressions in this way and without this practice of meditation will be difficult to bring the mind to peace it's similar to training a horse or training an elephant training the mind is uh, just the same and if we train the mind well this will bring happiness to us and if we don't train the mind then the mind will simply follow moods and sense impressions and in this way the mind will attach to things as oneself as me, mine, and I uh, all the time. And this will give rise to stress and suffering for us. Numbucha taught that suffering arises because of clinging and attachment. And this attachment gives rise to suffering, this upadana. So the mind with upadana, with attachment and clinging This is where dukkha arises, right there. We can look at the example of uh, the various belongings in one's house. If one has a physical object, some belonging that one doesn't like anymore, and it breaks, then one feels like, oh, this is normal, this is natural for this item to break. However, if it's a new item, that we that we like that we want and then this new item breaks then we feel dukkha we feel suffering so why is this that when the old thing breaks we feel like it's simply natural and normal it's because there's no attachment there and one's able to let go however the mind with attachment will feel bad will feel sad and this is suffering umpucha taught that all these things uh, change and if one clings then one experiences stress and suffering and it's the nature of all things to change so one can ask oneself is clinging to these things that are constantly changing is this the behavior of someone who's intelligent or the behavior of someone who's stupid and we can contemplate that we should be intelligent we should be smart in order for stress and suffering not to arise so practice letting go and this gives one a taste of the dhamma one sees that all things arise stay for a while and pass away this is natural this is the way of nature all material things and all mental phenomena arise stay for a while and then pass away seeing this clearly wisdom arises and the mind is steady the mind is steady through the practice of mindfulness in bringing the mind to stay in the present moment we see the breath with mindfulness the in-breath the out-breath we establish mindfulness here and we establish mindfulness well And we establish our behavior of body, speech, and mind to be within the bounds of sila and have this as something that's normal and natural for us. And we can develop from a Batujuna, someone with thick defilements, to a Kalyana Chon, someone with a beautiful mind. And people with thick defilements There are many, many individuals of this type in the world. And this, uh, having many of this type of individual leads to chaos because there is no sila, there's no dhamma in their hearts. However, uh, Kalyanachon, a beautiful person has a mind that is beautiful. Because the mind with no sila, with no dhamma is a heart that is dark and obscured. However, if one has sila, this makes the mind bright and radiant because it is the nature of kilesa, the nature of defilements, of obstructions, to cover over this brightness and to make it dark. So we practice uh, mindfulness, and when we sit in meditation and gain samadhi, then we can get a feeling that one feels bright all over one feels a brightness all over one's body and mind and this is a mind with reduced defilement reduced kilesa which uh, makes it bright it's a bright energy and we can say that the heart that is pure has a radiance has a light rays emanating from it and in order to uh, realize a heart of purity, one does the practice of meditation, of mental cultivation. So the Lord Buddha found the path to achieve this, and it's up to us to practice following this path, the path to a pure, radiant heart. And in this practice that we do, we must have effort. in the beginning we sit in meditation for just a short time and then as we continue to practice we can sit longer and longer and for lay people doing a lot of work one may have many duties and much work to do and then when one gets the opportunity then to chanting and after chanting one can sit in meditation and the mind can become peaceful So one must have effort to cultivate the mind in this way. And one may ask, why Why is this? Why should I bother? And the answer is that life is uncertain. Death is certain. The end of one's life is death. Death is a certainty that will come for all of us. So we should look at our lives and see that this life of ours is something unsure uncertain and death is a certainty. Contemplating in this way can give rise to uh, collectedness, peace of mind. In contemplating death, one sees that one, one must die. One can see that there's really no self there. There's no self to be found. This is the mind separating from the body Usually we see that the body and mind are one thing. They're mixed together, not separate at all. And then when we practice, we see that the mind can um, separate from the body and that they're two different things. And one may think, well, uh, can the mind control the body? Can the mind simply say, I have no need for old age, sickness, and death. I don't wish for these things. Therefore, I will control the body such that old age, sickness, and death do not occur. And we can all see that this is not possible. Based on a cause, phenomena arise. With the cessation of that cause, phenomena cease. This is the way of nature, this is normal after we're born we want to live forever but this is something that's not possible we are here temporarily and this body and mind that we have don't belong to us they're not ours we can say this body is not ours in the same way that we rent a house and the house does not belong to us the house is not ours so doing our practice here, we're seeking our true house, our true home. We practice to put our mind in its true home. The body is just a temporary home, just like our, our physical house, our physical home is merely temporary. So there comes a point where the body degrades and the mind Uh, can't be there any longer can't uh, live in that body any longer so we practice to build a home in the mind and this is the dhamma the mind with dhamma that is a place one can truly live and be there this is the, the home in one's own mind so have the dhamma of virtue and practice the dhamma of collectedness the dhamma of wisdom and see all material things and mental phenomena as empty and seeing materiality and mentality as empty in this way the mind can realize emptiness this is something that's possible and having realized emptiness and there's no need to wander about endlessly in the cycles of birth and death this is a mind that has achieved a uh, true balance, the ultimate balance. So in order for the mind to realize this state of deathlessness, this Nibbana, one must practice meditation, mental cultivation, and build goodness in one's mind, build uh, heavenly wealth do the practice of generosity virtue and meditation practice to build goodness every day and ask uh every day what have i done what have i done today and we can look at a story from the time of the buddha a conversation between the lord buddha and his attendant venerable ananda The Buddha asked Venerable Ananda, how many times do you recollect death every day? Venerable Ananda answered that he recollected death seven times per day. And we can recall that Venerable Ananda had many, many duties and a lot of work because he was the uh, foremost uh, attendant for the Lord Buddha. He tended to the Lord Buddha's various needs and venerable nanda was also a stream enterer having realized the first stage of enlightenment and amongst the many duties of venerable nanda were to remember all the discourses that the buddha gave wherever the buddha would give a talk whether venerable nanda was present for it or not uh, venerable nanda had to remember that discourse so if the buddha gave a talk uh, somewhere and Venerable Nanda was not there the Buddha would then uh, repeat that discourse in its entirety for a second time whenever he came back and saw Venerable Ananda and Venerable Nanda would listen and he would remember every single word everything that the Lord Buddha said because if people saw that Venerable Ananda did not know all the discourses of the buddha they would criticize saying hey you're the upatak the attendant of the lord buddha you should know what teachings he's given so the buddha um, gave his blessing for venerable nanda to have the opportunity to listen to every discourse and venerable nanda was the foremost in retentive memory able to remember every single discourse the entire uh, three baskets, Tripitaka, that we have to this day. And this is all, um, uh, coming from the Buddha, the permission he gave to Venerable Nanda as his attendant. And Venerable Nanda, for his own part, also had a high level of wisdom, even though he had not yet realized arahantship during the Buddha's lifetime. And the Buddha had actually given a prophecy uh, to Venerable Nanda that he told Venerable Nanda, after I pass to parinibbana, then you will realize arahantship three months after that time. And because the Lord Buddha said this, then it had to be this way. There is no there is no other option when the Buddha makes a declaration than that event will come to pass. And when the Venerable Ananda answered that he recollected death seven times per day, the Buddha responded that this was too little. One should recollect death with every in-breath and every out-breath, and have mindfulness to not be heedless, and to have effort to have mindfulness with death. And this mindfulness of death will help us to cut off greed, aversion, and delusion. And there was a um, disciple of Lung Cha who recollected death uh, consistently in this way, seeing that life is something that's uncertain. Death is something that's certain and this contemplation assists us in cutting off the mental defilements for my own part i recollected death um, as a primary meditation practice for around five years towards the beginning of my monastic career i recollect death very frequently and recollecting death in this way I felt a great disenchantment in my heart And I recollected that one must experience separation from that which one loves. And seeing this, seeing the, even the Lord Buddha, he had to experience the arising and then passing away of his five aggregates had to pass away just like all the great enlightened disciples of the Buddha as well, even those with great psychic powers um their aggregates of body and mind had to pass away. So we can ask ourselves, if they could not avoid death, are we capable of avoiding it? And the answer is no. We can compare this to uh a simile that was given at the time of the Buddha. The Buddha gave this simile to a disciple that imagine in each of the four directions, north, east, south, and west, there are four great mountains uh, reaching to the sky. And these four great mountains are approaching constantly towards us, uh, crushing and destroying everything in their path. And there's absolutely no way to avoid these mountains. There's no way around them. And they're approaching us at a consistent pace. And in seven days, they will reach the very spot where we are now. And one can consider that uh, in the situation one would prepare oneself for the arrival of these four mountains crushing everything in their path. And this is the same as our actual situation that death will arrive and we don't know when it when it will come, it's uncertain. So contemplate this and contemplate this correctly. If one contemplates this incorrectly, the mind can become uh, sad and depressed. But if one contemplates correctly, then the mind is fresh and open. Seeing the truth clearly, one is able to put down the sense impressions. And there was one in this, uh, one disciple was able to put down the body and able to uh, let go based on this recollection of death. And one practicing in this way sees that the aggregates of body and mind are something that is stressful and suffering. One sees this clearly. And one can consider that one approaches the end of one's life. It's very common to have a lot of uh painful sensation painful Vedana arising in one's experience uh, there can be a lot of pain and discomfort in the body and it takes a strong mind a firmly established mind in order to compete and fight with this level of pain so at the end of one's life one can accept that one is dying and then one must also consider dealing with uh, potentially a great level of pain as well. So one should prepare for that eventuality and be a be a heedful individual. There was one uh, lay disciple of the Lord Buddha, a wealthy uh, businessman who was very ill and the Buddha sent Venerable Ananda to teach this individual to be established in heedfulness, to not be heedless, and ask after this disciple's welfare if he was uh, feeling better or feeling worse and in more pain. And this disciple, seeing Venerable Ananda come and ask after his welfare in this way, thought that this must be not a little thing. This must be a big deal that the very uh, foremost attendant of the Buddha is coming to ask after my welfare and to teach me about heedfulness and this individual thought that this must mean that I'll die soon so he followed the advice to practice meditation and due to this uh, high level of heedfulness and this determination to practice this individual was able to cut off the first three fetters of personality view attachment to rites and rituals and skeptical doubt and the mind entered into the uh, deathless element and realized stream entry the first level of enlightenment seeing that the body is something that's not me not i not mine and similarly the aggregates of uh, feeling tone perception mental formations and sense consciousness are also not me not mine not a self none of this heaps of body and mind are a self and this is the mind separating from the body and mind in this way seeing arising staying for a while and passing away this is the realization of stream entry and such an individual becomes firmly established in the teaching of the Buddha, there are no doubts left. So this story is an example of the great loving kindness and compassion of the Lord Buddha that the Lord Buddha had for all beings to teach Venerable Ananda um, the method in order to go teach this lay disciple so that this disciple could realize Um, the fruit of stream entry so for ourselves in this present moment we establish mindfulness well in our own minds and contemplate that we don't know when we will die so be heedful build goodness build a store of goodness to put away do generosity virtue Uh, mental, collectedness, concentration, practice mindfulness, and be established in the five precepts. Protect your mind so that it does not fall into woeful states of existence. And one can see that the mind that's not not at ease, the mind that's agitated, this is a mind in a woeful state already. It arises right here in our own hearts and the heart or mind that is at ease, that is happy and at ease. This is the heart that is at a human, heavenly or Brahma level. There was one occasion where Lumput Cha was watching black ants and red ants fighting with each other. And he was cheering for the ants, alternatingly uh, cheering for them. And there was Lumpu Ginnari standing behind him. Lumpu Ginnari was a disciple of Lumpu Mun. And Lumpu Ginnari exclaimed, Oh, falling into hell. Oh, rising to heaven. Oh, falling into hell. Oh, rising into heaven. And he just said this much and then walked away. And Lumpu Cha um, considered this teaching. Lumpu Ginnari was one who did not, speak a lot or teach uh, using a lot of words, but in this case, what he did teach had a strong effect. Um, Mpucha contemplated this teaching from this kubha and thought, hmm, falling into hell, rising into heaven, this is something that happens so easily. And Um, Mpucha considered, well, and I was just sitting there, I wasn't actually going anywhere, so how was it that i was falling into hell and rising into heaven and the contemplated and understood that it's it's all about the mind this falling into hell rising into heaven happens right here in one's own mind so the mind knows sense impressions and one should practice to be very careful of this mind of ours be careful of the mind and heart and practice to overcome all the troubles in one's heart which we can call the the mara of kilesa of obstructions and defilements so do the practice of meditation when you have a day off from work such as a sunday one can be determined every sunday to sit in meditation and to do chanting practice to build mindfulness and improve one's mindfulness in this way that take good care of one's heart in this way the heart can become or can feel pure and fresh and bring a feeling of ease well-being and happiness to us so may you be well may you grow in dhamma